As you're standing, I'm excited to welcome Pastor Jesus Renteria from Jubilee for Jesus Church. Uh, if, if you look at him and if you look at me, you'll see that there's some resemblance. And while I have the privilege of being uh, related to him, it is not by blood. I know uh, a lot could argue that. Um, I, I was at a, a dentist's office and they asked me, uh, I know you. And I, I was excited because they knew who I was. And they said, you're the pastor of Jubilee for Jesus Church, aren't you? I said, no. I said, but I know who you're talking about. And, and he, I've known him for a long time. I remember we met at a youth camp in 2008 in El Paso. Um, and long before uh, we would become family through marriage. But I am excited that he is here. He's going to bring the word. Could you put your hands together for Jesus and welcome Pastor Jesus Renteria. Amen. You may take your seats if you are so kind. What an honor, what a privilege it is to be here with you today. Uh, I don't leave my home church for much but when I, was, uh, when I received the invitation, I, I gladly accepted, and, and I appreciate your pastors. You have great leadership here, God-fearing couple, amen, Desiree, John, thank you so much for uh, the invitation and allowing me to be a part of this amazing thing that God is doing here. And uh, on behalf of Jubilee for Jesus Ministries in Andrews, uh, thank you for, for the invitation. We, we uh, are so glad that uh, we are sister cities Amen. And, and uh, God is doing a, a great work there in Andrews as well. And so uh, without further ado, I want to get into the Word of God today. But uh, I just wanted to express my gratitude. And uh, are you all ready for the Word today? Amen. 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 Well, that's, uh, I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads right there where you're at. And I'm going to ask you to pray for me as well. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. We surrender to you and we ask you that you in this place right now will have your way. That you will speak to our hearts, our minds, Father, that you will just allow us to connect with you on a way, Lord God, that makes sense to us, and not only in a way that makes us feel that you're with us, but that will lead us, Father, and that it will move us to be reactionary to your word and not just be hearers, but doers of your word, Father. I rebuke anything that come against the flow of your spirit, your word in this place, Father, that you would just take us to that next level through your word, Father. We thank you. We praise you in advance for what you are about to do in this place. We ask you all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church says, amen, amen. Well, I am a big fan of the Word of God, and uh, I'm going to do a lot of reading today. And it's not customary for me to do this, but it is necessary for, for you to walk with me somewhere today. And this story is uh, an amazing, amazing story, but gives us perspective of where God wants us to be and what he's doing in our life. And uh, I'm going to give you a couple of truths before I get started, and how many of you know and believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and always? The same God that we serve today is the same God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, James, Je uh, Johnny, and Jerry. Amen. He is the same God that we serve now, that, is, that they served back then. He does not change. He cannot improve because he's already the very, very best. He is good. He is amazing. He is glorious. He is kind. He is merciful. He is uh, exceptional. He is wise. He is strong. He is, he is uh, just so uh, beautiful. Amen. He is tender. He is firm. He is a soldier. He is a warrior. He is mighty. He is glorious. He is everlasting. He is all these wonderful things. Amen. And we have the great privilege and honor of being able to surrender our life to him and let him uh, be our head. Let him be our God, our everything. 
And, and today I want us to realize and know that uh, while he is invisible, he is not absent. That while I may not see him, I know and I believe that he is here. That while I may not be able to see his face, but I can, I can fall more in love with him every single day. The more I picture him in, before me, walking out the steps in front of me and setting provisions in front of me. That I don't have to see his hand physically moving to know that my blessings that are about to come into my life came from his love for me and his plan for my prosperity. Amen. I know that my understanding does not determine his greatness. I know that my perspective and uh, where it is going, uh, my perspective is perfected in the fruit of his faithfulness. Let me say that again. My perspective is perfected in the fruit of his faithfulness. In other words, I can't do enough good, amen, to, uh, to merit what he wants to do in my life. But, what, but through his goodness, I am able to see how amazing he is and worship him all the more. Hallelujah. And so having told you these truths, and, 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 and I heard a few amens out there, and, and I'll take those. Uh, some of us are a little shy, amen, but that's okay. Uh, I, I know that if you nod your head, we'll, we'll take that as well. You give me a thumbs up, that, that works well also. Uh, but I know that you know that this is true. And so we're going to take a walk in the book of Daniel today. And uh, like I said, I, I'm going to be reading a lot, but I'm going to be stopping along the way to kind of give you the, 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 the tour. I'm going to be your guide today. Is that okay? So uh, I want to give you the players real quick in the, in the story we're about to read. And uh, the first person that I want to point out is King Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of Babylon. And he had just uh, taken over and he conquered Judah and uh, he plucked from Jerusalem uh, Daniel, uh, Anan uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and uh, Azariah. You'll know them uh, with other names like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Daniel was also called Belteshazzar. But uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had a plan and he, he brought the wise men from Jerusalem and he was going to teach them the Babylonian ways. And uh, Daniel, uh, and we'll just call him Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, those are more common names for, the, for his friends. Uh, he brought them to Babylon to teach them their ways, and he wanted all the best of the best. And as he was testing them, uh, everything that, that King Nebuchadnezzar tested them on, he realized that these four men were ten times better at everything else that all his magicians and all his, uh, all his wise men that he had, he found them ten times better at everything that he tested them on. This is God's people. Of course, we know God's people are better. Amen. And so uh, we find ourselves in this story that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, in chapter 2, I'm going to go ahead and begin reading. And I want you to follow the story with me because we're going to be stopping and I have eight points. I'm going to get to them really, really quick. And, and we're going to land this plane. But I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that God has a word for you today. Verse 1 of Daniel chapter 2 says, in the, record, in the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams his mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, the enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers to tell him what he, had, uh, what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, may the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, 
This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and, in, and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces uh, and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards, great honor and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more they replied, let the king tell his servants and the dream, uh, servants the dream and we will interpret it. But King Nebuchadnezzar had, had basically had enough. He was, he was not having any of that. And we see here uh, in the story, verse, uh, verse 10 says, the astrologers answered the king, there is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks, verse 11, what the king asks is too difficult. No one can, ever, uh, can reveal it to the king. And look what they say, except the gods and they do not live among humans. So King Nebuchadnezzar was troubled because he had this dream. But he said, I, I, I don't know what it means. And so he called all the wise men and the magicians and the enchanters and all these people that supposedly had the power to be able to give this revelation. He called them around and he says, I don't want you to give me the interpretation. I want you to give me the dream. Tell me what I dreamt and then tell me how to interpret it. And, and the, the, the people were saying, well, tell us the dream and then we'll interpret it. I said, no, no, no. If you are as wise as you say you are, you're going to first tell me what I, the dream was and then tell me the interpretation. And so... Point number one is that they were faced with an impossible situation. They were, they were faced with a, uh, they had to be able to have this revelation of what happened to the king while he was asleep in his mind and then tell him what it meant. So uh, whenever we're faced with a, a difficult situation, an impossible situation, uh, 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 we all of a sudden look at all of our abilities we start saying things like, there is nothing that I can do about this. I have never seen this before. I will just uh, have to wait and see what happens. I, I, I. And the Lord revealed to me and gave me the translation in Spanish when there is an overemphasis on our ability and lack of ability and our overemphasis in self. And he just tilted his head 45 degrees forward and nodded his head. And the interpretation in Spanish goes like this. Ay, ay, ay. Saying, don't, you're looking too much internally at the problem. Amen. And so, uh, so we, when we're faced with an impossible situation, I, I gave the, this message the title, Our God is Faithful in the Face of the Unfathomable. And so, right here, Nebuchadnezzar is presenting an unfathomable situation. Tell me what I'm thinking and then tell me why I'm thinking it. Tell me what I saw in my sleep and then tell me what it means. And so as we, as we look at these wise men faced with this impossible situation, the king really wants to know if these men are as wise as they say they are. So if we jump to verse 12, it says, This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and the men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends and put them to death. So that tells me that because they had to go look for Daniel and his friends, that they were not there when he was asking them what he needed. Which is interesting because we know that 
He already knew that they were 10 times better at everything that, than the guys that he had in his, in his presence when he was asking them about the dream. So they had to go and find Daniel and his friends. Verse 14 says, when Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put death to the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. This is Daniel. He's a leader. He's, he's uh, truly a wise man. And he says, I'm not going to rush into this. I'm not going to get scared. I'm going to keep a cool head about all of this. So he says, it says, he spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He was cool, calm, and collected. How many of us can... Can, can stay that way in the face of something so difficult. It's not easy, but he did it. Verse 15 says, he asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. Verse 16 says, at this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream. So Daniel not only remained calm, cool, and collected, but he also went before the king and he asked him for more time so that he'd be able to do what the king was asking. So this tells me that not only did uh, Daniel have this uh, cool demeanor and confidence about him, but he also had favor with the king. And so I can imagine that as the king understood that Daniel was 10 times better at all these things than the people that he spoke to originally, he said, well, I know this guy's pretty good, so I'm going to give him an opportunity to have the time he needs to figure out what I'm asking him to do. So sometimes uh, favor ain't fair, right? I'm sure everybody at that time, because he said, I'm going to kill you all. They were shaking in their boots because they didn't know what they were going to do. It was an unfathomable situation. Verse 17 says, Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends. He went to his buddies and he said, Look, King Nebuchadnezzar has, has given us this, this challenge. He's given us this responsibility. And I've asked him for some more time. So he says, uh, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 18 says, he urged them to plead for mercy from God and heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So he gets the green light from the king to go and figure out what he needs to figure out. And the first thing that he does, he, he does is he goes to his friends and he says, hey, guys. Man, if we don't do something right now, if, some, if we don't get a hold of God and we don't ask God for, for the answer, it, it's curtains for all of us, right? That's how, that's how serious this issue was. That's how serious because the Bible says that he wasn't just looking for Daniel. He was looking for Daniel and his friends. He knew exactly who they were. And so when he gets to them, he, he tells his friends, he says, uh, he urged them to plead for mercy from God. The God of heaven, it says, concerning this mystery. How many of you know that God knows all things? He, he, is, he is the all-knowing God and there is, he is uh, the light of the world. In him there is no darkness, the word says. Amen. He, he, nothing is uh, unrevealed to him. He is everywhere and he sees it all. And so he says, we've got to, we've got to get together. And so basically his, uh, his three friends became the dream team. You all know a little bit about the dream team, I, I believe, here uh, in this house. Amen. And so he got with his friends and he said, we've got to intercede. We've got to pray so that we do not get executed because uh, the king is, uh, is wanting this. And so point number two is that he asked for help. It's okay 
to ask for help. So Daniel had his dream team, a community of believers. He had some friends that understood who God was. He, he told them what to pray for specifically. Sometimes we, we get with our friends and we say, hey, I just, can you pray for me? I'm going through something, right? But it's a powerful thing when you can get together with somebody and say, hey, look, this is what's going on. And this is what I'm going through. And this is what my battle is. And this is what my, what my struggle is. And I need you to intercede with me. And I need you to lock arms with me. And I need you to believe with me. And, and, and I just need to overcome right now. And I need to get the strength. And it's different when somebody is saying, I'm feeling weak right now. And you can stand with them and you say, God, give them strength in the moment. Give them the power to say yes when they need to say yes. And no when they need to say no. And so Daniel said, come on, guys. We need to, to to reach up to the heavens and pull down God's wisdom in this situation because if we don't do something right now, the king is going to end us all. So it's okay to ask for help. Amen? And, and sometimes we may not even realize it, but help is sitting right in front of you. And so verse 19 says, During the night the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. Verse 19 says, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Anybody ever got a revelation and God revealed to you what exactly it was that you needed? And, and, and you were just overwhelmed? I mean, I don't know if anybody has ever been in that life or death situation. But when God gave you the revelation and you found out that you were going to live... Oh, my goodness, I'm talking to somebody in this house right now. And you found out that, that, that your expiration date was prolonged because uh, what you thought was going to be the, your end. God said, here is the revelation, and you are not going to die here today. The king will not take your life in this situation. Uh, that sickness is not going to end you right now. This is not the end of your story. And all of a sudden, when you saw the end coming nigh, and God said, no, this is not how your story is going to end, and you got a, a new lease on life, something came inside of you to, that got you excited about hope for tomorrow, hope for the next day, hope for the future, hope for the goals and the dreams that you might have had up until the moment that somebody told you this was the, your expiration date. And it was none other than the king of the heavens, the God of, of all creation, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, James, and Jones, and Jerry, amen, that gave him this revelation, that gave him this understanding. And, and as he as he got this revelation, he sa it says, then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Point number three, when God answers, your praise should be proportionate to the size of your problem. Oh, my goodness. Some of us sometimes come to the house with a praise that says our problem was very small. And then, and then there's moments where we come to the house of God where our praise is proportionate to our understanding of how enormous our problem was. But how exceedingly abundantly great our God is. Amen. And our problem is in our past and our, our, uh, God is propelling us into our future. And so we come and we, and we, uh, we raise a hallelujah. Amen. Like we, like we never have before because we have a, a new lease on life, because we have a new hope for tomorrow. And so, so Daniel 
gets this revelation of the dream and he's overjoyed and he begins to praise. And we see exactly what, what's going on. Daniel knew that the revelation saved him and his team, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were going to live, that he was going to live. He understood that God had given him the answer to what the king was asking for. Daniel knew that his God, capital G, uh, did for him what the other gods, lowercase g, could not do for the others. Amen. And sometimes we've got to understand that the God that we serve has a capital G. Amen. And, and what has given us the answer to the thing that we so desperately need. And so we, we look at in verse, uh, verse 20, it says, uh, so uh, Daniel praised the God of heaven. It says, and then it says, and said, praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his Verse 21, he changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the, discer uh, to, uh, to the discerning. Verse 22, he reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells within him. He is the light and in him there is no darkness. There is nothing that is, that is uh, a secret from him. Verse 23 says, I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. So in that moment, he's praising and worshiping and, and glorifying God. You have done this and this is who you are and you're amazing and you're glorious. What an honor, what a privilege to be able to just stand there, amen, in the silence of your, your room and be able to just say, it doesn't matter who hears me, I'm going to give you all the praise and all the glory because I know where I was going and I know where I am now. I know what my, but, but the king said he was going to do to me and I know who has saved me. You are awesome. You've given me the power. You've given me the revelation. But the amazing thing about his, his excitement about who God was in that moment was that it had not been confirmed yet. He believed so thoroughly that God had given him the revelation of, of the dream of the king that he just began to praise and worship God. See, some of us might have had this uh, understanding and, and had this idea and then said, well, I think I might have the dream. Let me, let me, let me take a shot at it. Right? Sometimes we walk in that little bit of doubt and, and we hope for the best. But Daniel had this relationship with God that told him, I know that I know that I know that I know. And that moved something inside of him that changed the dynamic of his, of his environment and, and, and forced a worship out of him. Have you ever been in the greatness of God to the degree where just something had to leap up outside of you? That there was just such a gratitude inside of you that you just, it just had to pour out of you. And then sometimes it came in the, roar, in the sound of a hallelujah. And sometimes it came in the moisture of a tear. This was, this was the situation of Daniel in this moment. And we look and we, and we see that there was a, a confidence. Point number four, you walk with confidence. Daniel walked in the light of revelation when everyone else was wandering in, or, uh, wandering in the fear of darkness. Let me say that again. Daniel walked in the light of revelation while everyone else was wandering in the fear of darkness. You can tell people that have a confidence in their God, amen, when you hear their worship. Because sometimes it's not about what he did. Sometimes it is in faith about what he's about to do. Oh, my goodness. H have you ever done that? 
Have you ever just stood before the presence of God and said, God, this is where I am. But I know this, you didn't bring me this far to leave me. Father, I, I know that this is, I've been going through some things, God, and I, I, I'm trying to shake it off, and it's, it's heavy on my shoulders right now, God, but I know that, that, that hope is coming. I know that, that, that uh, you're, you have got something great for me tomorrow, and I'm going to keep on pushing through. You didn't put anything on me that, that you wouldn't help me and give me the strength to get through. So we see here that, that he walked with a confidence Verse 24 says, then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon and said to him, look at what he says, do not execute the wise men of Babylon. He says, hey, 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 slow your roll, guy. Take it easy, my guy. Right? I think that's what they say these days. He says, hold the phone. Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret the dream for him. Ooh, man. I got it. I got it. Woo! Thank God Almighty, I got it. You see, there was, when you walk with that type of confidence, what could stand before you and put fear in your heart when you have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and you believe firmly beyond the shadow of a doubt that you walk in the spirit of the Almighty, that you walk under the anointing of the Almighty God, that, that you know that he is with you and his favor is, 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 is the, the wind in your sails and you know that you walk in the confidence that, that even if he tells you to walk on water and come out to him, amen, that you, you, you don't have a fear of sinking, that you know that, that it doesn't matter what stands before you, that God is going to give you the power and the victory to get through what, what the world and, and, and everything else tells you with your physical eyes that is impossible. God says, come on, just keep on following me. And say, I'm going, God, I'll, I'll be right there. I got it. It's going to be all right. And so, so uh, verse 25 says, uh, Arioch took Daniel to the king at once and said, I have found a man. Oh, my goodness. He says, he says, King Nebuchadnezzar, I have found a man. It says, among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. Let me give you some more perspective here. Daniel, the one they called Belteshazzar, was, he was a, basically a prisoner of war. When he was plucked from Jerusalem, he was taken, he was in exile. He was taken to a foreign land. He was not there by his own uh, volition. He was forced to be there. And yet, God blessed them in this space. Amen. Now, without, we're, we're getting into the, are you still with me? Amen. Can we keep going? So, so. It says, uh, who can tell the king what his dream means. Verse 26 says, the king asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? It's almost like he's like, are you sure you know you understand what I asked for? Verse 27 says, Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, diviner uh, can explain the king." To the king, the mystery he has asked about. Nobody can do that. Oh, but look at verse 28. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. Amen. 
Daniel is so confident that he knows exactly what the, the dream meant and what the dream was and what the dream meant. And, he, and he, he tells King Nebuchadnezzar, look, all these people couldn't do it, but there is a God in heaven. I've been in touch with him. We've been talking. We've been in cahoots. He's been downloading the information. I've been receiving all of the data. I got the vision. He placed it right in front of me. I can see it, see it clear as day. There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, who, does, who nothing is a mystery to him. He knows it all. He can do it all. There is a God in heaven who told me what your dream was and what it meant. Amen. And, and we see that, that Daniel began to, to reveal to the king what the dream was and what it meant. You see, the powerful thing about this is Nebuchadnezzar did not even realize that God was giving him a gift. Point number five, sometimes people can't see what God is showing them unless someone interprets it for them. Sometimes we walk around with this thing that's just kind of bugging us. It's this moving inside of us. Sometimes uh, there is something that we are uneasy about. Sometimes the Lord shows us something and we're just like, man, I, I, I had this dream and I just don't understand what it means, but I can't shake it. The Lord keeps on showing me the same dream over and over again, but I, I don't really understand what it means. And if you, if you ever had a doubt about sometimes God giving you something but not giving you the revelation until somebody else comes, we simply have to look at Philip, Philip and the eunuch. He was on his... His, his carriage, amen, and the Lord sent Philip to the eunuch, and, the, and he said, I need you to be somewhere, and I need you to be with this man, and the, and, and the eunuch was reading from the book of Isaiah, and, and uh, Philip runs up to the chariot, and he, and he says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how will I know what I'm reading unless somebody interprets it for me? He said, I'm your guy. Get up here, my guy. You see, sometimes God does these things and, and we may not even realize that God is doing something amazing, but he, he intended for us to do this not on our own, but with the help of somebody else. You may not be the person with the unfathomable situation. Amen. You may be the person with the revelation. Amen that's going to unlock the key to the mystery to be able to give God the glory. You see, oh, my guess, it's true. It's true. And, and I, heard, I heard Pastor John say that we are a church of community. Amen? How many of you believe that? That we're here for one another. So it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to understand that God, that we are the body of Christ. Amen. And, and right now I've got to keep wiping my nose because I have allergies. And, and if it wasn't for my left hand, amen, being able to just, I'd be in a lot of trouble right now. But you see, very much in the same way, the body of Christ, amen, functions and moves together to be able to do what it needs to, to get to the place that it needs to, and ultimately to give God the glory. So, verse 29 says, as your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is, what is going to happen. God basically gave you, amen, the answer of what was about to happen. But you needed me to be able to come and give you this revelation. It was bothering you for a reason. God just kept on 
tapping you and putting it in front of you, tapping you and putting it in front of you, tapping you and putting it in front of you. And I don't know why, but I just got to be at Impact City today. I don't know what's going on. And, and I, I, I put it off for so many weeks and so many months, but today I had to be in the house of God. Amen? And all of a sudden, uh, some, God just tapped you, and, and in your obedience, you showed up, and then God is bringing you a revelation, amen, uh, uh, and, and, and moving you in the, in the place to be able to grow to the point where you can do exactly what he's calling you to do. So number six is we must understand that it is not always just about us. Daniel gave the dream and its entire interpretation. This was, uh, about, this was about what God wanted the king to understand. Verse 45, going all the way down to verse 45, the great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. So even though Daniel was all excited without the confirmation, amen, look at what happens in verse 46. The king, uh, then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that uh, an offering and incense be presented to him. Oh, my goodness. He was a prisoner of war. Daniel wasn't in exile. He was out of his country. He was out of his element. He was basically uh, a slave doing uh, the, the king's bidding. His relationship with God allowed him to be able to download what the king needed to know to do what he had to do. And here in this space, we see the king who in one breath was going to kill all the wise men and in the next breath, because of the revelation of God, he is prostrate before this man in exile. The king, who you can't just approach any old way, fell at Daniel's feet. It says, and paid him honor and ordered that an offering uh, and incense be presented to him. You see, there's something powerful about sometimes uh, the how little we think of ourselves at times. Sometimes it's always oh, just me, I, I, I'm just this, or I'm just that, or I'm not worthy, or I'm not this, or I'm not the other. But let me tell you that we serve the same God of yesterday, today, the same God that loved Daniel the way that he loves you. Amen. We, we serve this amazing and powerful, glorious, loving, tender-hearted God who thinks, the, who thinks the, the world of you, who thought you were worth dying for, who says, I gave you a heart, I gave you a mind, I gave you the ability to download my will and my desire. Never think less of yourself just because that guy has got a title. You never understand who may present themselves with a title and thinking they're high and mighty needs someone as lowly as I. Oh, my goodness. And, and sometimes it's the most simple things that make the biggest difference, isn't it? Sometimes it is simply believing God for his word to be true, that he loves us more than, than any, any words could possibly express. And so I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm picturing it in my mind. And God is saying, I'm faithful even in the face of the unfathomable. And it's not just about you. It's not just about them. It is about community. It is about my love for you. It is about my will. And you see, I'm, I'm reading this, and I, and I look at uh, point number seven. If you hold on 
in the end, God gets the glory and we reap the rewards. If you'll just hold on. In the face of the unfathomable, if you will just hold on, God gets the glory and we reap the rewards. The king, with the power to kill all the wise men, fell prostrate before this prisoner of war. Nebuchadnezzar recognized the one true God. Daniel and his friends were blessed through this uh, amazing move of God. You think they're going to forget this easily? You think this is something that they could just move on to the next thing and be like, oh, that was just all right. No way. They were impacted to such a high degree. Verse 47 says, the king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of, of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of, of mysteries. For you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and, and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over uh, the entire province of Babylon and placed him in, a, in charge of all the wise men. Oh, my goodness. He... Uh, he blessed them in such a way. Verse 49 says, Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained in the royal court. If you will just hold on. You see, there are people in here that have faced unfathomable situations. And if you haven't faced one yet, I promise you, you'll get to that point where you'll be faced with something that you just don't have the answer to. That you're just not going to uh, understand how to get over, around, under, or through. But if you, if you understand that there is a God that loves you, if you understand that, that, that nothing is hidden from God and he sees it all, and that his plan was never for you to fall, and your, his plan was never for, for you to be abandoned and left alone. That his plan always was for him to be glorified in your faith and belief in what he can do and what is possible. His plan was always for you to be able to reach up and intercede. His plan was always for you to be able to say, hey, I need your help today. Can you stand with me and believe with me in this moment? I don't know what God is doing. I don't know how he's going to answer us, but, but I believe that, that he has the answer. Can you just lock arms with me today? Can you believe God with me right now in this moment, in this circumstance? Point number eight. Even when people have a short-term memory, God doesn't. Oh, man. Sometimes it's easy to forget, Right? Especially when something was really, really difficult and it was harsh. You only have to go to chapter 3. And I'll leave this for you for homework. I'll just give you this, a synopsis. But we know about the blazing furnace. And the decree that King Nebuchadnezzar made that when they sounded the, the horn that, that everybody had to bow and, and worship him. And when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused, he said, they've got to get, they've, got, we've got to get rid of them. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they just held on. And they understood and they remembered that the same God that answered their prayer for God to give the revelation to Daniel was the same God that they were, that, that they were saying, I will not worship anybody else. And even if you do kill me, I'm still going to praise and worship my God. 
It wasn't the first time that they were faced with an unfathomable situation. It wasn't the first time that they were faced with the, they were, they were face to face with death and somebody said, I've got your expiration date stamped and if you don't do this, we're going to throw you in that fiery furnace and there will be nothing left of you. The Bible says that it was so hot that the, that the people that threw them in there got, uh, uh, got lit on fire, amen, that they, they were burned, that just being so close to it, it was so hot. But the God that they trusted, amen, the God in whom they believed, the God who, who promised I'll never leave you nor forsake you, the God who says I'm with you all the way to the end, amen, the dream team. They were faced with an unfathomable situation, were presented with an opportunity to prove that our God is faithful even in the face of the unfathomable. Tell your neighbor, he's faithful even in the face of the unfathomable. And so if you will let me, if you will let me recap all eight points, I'm going to summarize them for you real quick. Faced with an impossible situation, it's okay to ask for help. When God answers, your praise should be proportionate to the size of your problem. You walk with confidence. And sometimes people can't see what God is showing them unless someone interprets it for them. You see, we must understand that it is not always about us. If you hold on in the end, God gets the glory and we reap the rewards because God is faithful. Even when people have a short-term memory, God doesn't. What is on the other side of your unfathomable situation? There's a reason why Daniel defeated Goliath. And Goliath had to be this monster of a man. Because God wants everyone to know his power, his glory, and his love for us. He wants everybody that you know to know that what you went through, you couldn't do it on your own. But, but if you were just willing to hold on, that if you were just willing to say, you know what, I need some help, will you pray with me? Will you, will you stand and believe God with me today? This is the problem that, I, that I'm facing. This is the challenge that I have in my heart right now. This is what I'm going through right now. I know he was good for, with, for you back then. And I know, I remember what you told me about what God did. I need that God right now. I'm going through something and I don't know what, how I'm going to get through it. The doctor says this and they say there's no hope, but God, the one that, that I've heard about, that's the God that I need right now. You see, the world will tell you that there is, there's only one God that can do it or, and, and that, that he doesn't live amongst men. But I know there's a Daniel in this house that will say there is a God in heaven. Those gods won't do it, but there is a God in heaven. There are people over there that, that, that don't believe that it's possible, but there is a God in heaven. Some people may not realize 
what the magnitude of what's going on and they may not realize the, the power and the glory of God. And you may be in that situation where you don't know which way is up or which way is down, but I'm here to tell you that there is a God in heaven. And he's saying, if you will just, if you will just believe, if you will just trust me when I say that I have your very best interest in mind, Sometimes we make the mistake of believing that our time here on earth is our, is our best interest. But I'm here to tell you that your best interest, God has prepared for an eternity. Not just for the length of time that your heart beats. God's best interest is the extension and the length of eternity, not just the length of your, the, the reach of your arm. Or, or the perception of your physical eyes. And I'm here to tell you, Impact City, that if you are faced with an unfathomable situation, that God will get the glory. 